Hey guys, welcome to Bagging Boardcast, episode number 548. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out January 10th, 2024. Is that how you did it last week? I have no idea how we did it last week. I don't think it was. I don't remember. But I do remember what we do next, which is our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, we're taking a look back, our final monthly look back for December 2023. So, yeah, stay tuned for that, where we talk about some of the comic books that we read last month, last year even. Yeah, and Chris, what did you crack open? <sighs> Sorry, I had to lean over and get a coaster because I like having a coaster on my desk. So when I put my glass down, it doesn't like clang too much. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't care about like rings or anything. It's like a plastic desk, but you know, audio, audio. Um, but uh, I'm a Southern Tier boy today. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm wearing my uh, Southern hey. Tier brewing shirt that John gave me. Uh, You're welcome. Thank you. I. I love this. I almost not, wore the hat, too, but it's somewhere in my I closet. Gonna say, I was going to say, you're not wearing the Southern Tier hat I gave you? It's, it's somewhere in the closet. I still, still love it. It's like the pumpkin hat. What's not to love? Uh, but from Southern Tier, I am drinking their French Toast Imperial Ale. 8.6 ABV. Uh, yeah, they say toasted caramel notes blend into flavors of maple and vanilla, cinnamon and nutmeg, while milk sugar creates a creamy, sweet balance to a complex malt bill. And, yeah, I definitely agree with all that. A lot of that maple and, like, vanilla right up front, but then it just kind of fades away into a nice, like, smooth, drinkable beer. It hides at 8.6% very well. Um, I'm going to have to take it easy because most of my beers are very big boys today. Ooh. You and me are opposites, Chris. Yeah, because, Paul, you're uh, you're playing it cool in a different way. I'm playing it cool in the dryuary situ- kind of situation. Not that I'm doing dryuary because I can't – I don't think I'd ever go – if I'm going to go a month without drinking, it's got to be the shortest month of the year. And that rules out this year's because this year's a leap year. February has an extra day. Yay, the elite day. But I'm drinking uh, just because I'm on call from work uh, or for work. I'm drinking uh, some teas. You know, and this is the season. It's January. Twisted Tees. He's getting tore up on yellow cans, everybody. <laughs> At Home Defense, brought to you by Twisted Tea. Now, uh, this is Twisted Tea in another way. This is uh, from Stash Tea Makers, and this is their ginger, uh, lemon ginger tea. Nice. Very uh, good for this kind of weather, this kind of uh, under 30s weather that we're having here in Buffalo. That kind of a uh, sleety slushy kind of snow it's heavy it's just turning to ice right away so a little bit of um lemon like brightness of the lemon with the ginger it feels almost medicinal like i'm doing something healthy for my body but i really am not i'm just sitting here drinking hot water that's dude but it's uh it's good john what are you drinking I'm drinking from uh, Mortalis Brewery. Uh, Paul and I had the Strange Philosophies 107 uh, a couple weeks ago, and this is Strange Philosophies 108. Um, It's a nice drinking IPA. If I remember correctly, I believe the flavors uh, in the 107 I liked a little bit more than this. Uh, It is good, though. So this should be better by one if you're comparing them. Right. 
but yeah, the strange philosophies <clears throat> went away. It's, it's okay. Um, I think I like the other one better, but uh, that one I enjoyed and I finished the can. This one I'd be fine not finishing it, especially if I'm going to drink a a big boy after this. That it's like eh, I don't need to finish an eight percent. I'll drink I'll drink that twelve. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And let's drink a twelve to the news for this week as we head over to the weekend geek. Ugh. That's how you segue, right? <laughs> yeah, guys, you tried to tell me the news twice. Once I just walked away. In order to heat up water for my tea. The other time, my internet froze. So I'm very. We know you walked away for kitty cat games because we heard it in the background. Yeah, Yeah, we heard the kitty cat games. And then sneezing. So. (laughs) All picks up on the microphone. Um, But again, like coming right out of the holiday time, it is a very slow, like news cycle right now. Uh, Only things that I actually have to bring to the table are over at. Uh, Marvel for their cinematic universe. Uh, actor Steven Yen is actually out as the Sentry from the upcoming Thunderbolts movie. Uh, nothing bad happened. He just in an interview was like, "Yeah, just with the delays and timing of everything, scheduling, I wasn't into it anymore." And he's like, "I'd like to do something at Marvel someday, but they probably hate me now, so I get it." <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, is like. You sign up for you sign on to do a movie and there's a window that says, hey, you're going to do this is your time for that. And when that stuff starts getting postponed and you've gotten stuff lined up after it, those things, you know, sometimes you have to break a contract and it might be with the one that doesn't have a start date and the one that does. And especially stuff like Marvel, because, you know, him playing uh, the Sentry he probably had to get into like fighting shape and then you have to keep that maintained. Mm-hmm. And then if you start eating a cheeseburger every day, because, Hey, you're on strike. You can eat that cheeseburger every day. Now Drew Carey's paying for it at the big boy. Uh, when Hey strikes over, you're like, I, I'm not ready for this. Like mm-hmm. things happen in life. Probably just like, ruminating on all this stuff too like everything going on in you know the entertainment world everything going on at marvel like we talked about a little bit uh with our last great marvel retrospective with black widow like these movies don't have the same punch and the same draw that they used to so you know maybe all that like apprehensions getting to him too maybe who knows maybe he's too busy uh recording for invincible season two part two I'm hopeful about that. Yeah. Does anybody like the character of the Sentry? I mean, like, they kill him off. I like that original like series. I think it was a good kind of one and done story. But then Marvel was like, hey, we did that thing with the Sentry that one time. Can we bring him back? And the whole thing was like, well, no, we can't bring him back because then that brings back the void. It was just kind of like a fun, like, oh, this was. Another Stanley creation everybody forgot about. Wow. Fun. I think it was a good moment in time. I have no interest after that, though. Well, especially the couple times that he has appeared. Like, he's appeared on a couple, like, Secret Avengers. And it was, he was kind of a little bit crazy. And he was 
kind of like had merged with the void. So he wasn't necessarily good. He wasn't bad. He was kind of had his screw loose. And then he showed up again. Was it like in like one of like the dark Avengers? And he was kind of a good guy, kind of a bad guy. Like, I don't know where he stands and if the void is still a thing, but yeah, it's like that original miniseries was great. Like, and I was fine with it being over. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just like eh, I don't know. But some people think it's a great character. I mean, they've been saying they want um, uh, what's his name who played Superman, uh, Henry Cavill there, Cavill oh, to be, to play him, and it'd be kind be of fun. fun because he played because he played Superman, and now he's doing yeah. Marvel Superman. But again, it would be just like a novelty for him to do it. Yeah, yeah, I I look forward to Thunderbolts. I I like a lot of the pieces that they have to play with. We'll see what happens with the actual movie. Um, I really liked him in The Walking Dead. Again, I mentioned Invincible. I think he's great as the voice of Mark Grayson. Um, he's definitely an actor. Like, whatever he's in next, I'm, I will take note of it. And I'm kind of sad I won't see him in this, but you know, maybe maybe he'll come back around to Marvel at some point once they... Uh, they get over it, and they're no longer uh, oh, crying, the crying tears. Oh, maybe he could, Paul. Uh, Paul, did you think of any news while I was saying that? Do you have anything? Uh, that well, you guys mentioned uh, Henry Cavell, and I could have I sworn I read something that he's producing some uh, Warhammer 40K things uh, that's going to go to Netflix. But um, I, know, I think it was yeah. supposed. To, it was originally going to be a movie, and now it's a series. It's, yeah, a, a set of films and series, apparently. Uh, Warhammer co-creator and Citadel Miniatures. Oh, nope. That's, they passed away. Uh, oh, breaking this? news, everybody. Yeah. I know. Uh, Warhammer is definitely a blind spot in my pop oh, culture. Oh, it's Amazon. Uh, if I had to play Warhammer, I would probably just do regular Warhammer because I'm more like sword and board sorcery than like Space Ranger 40K stuff, but I don't know. I already have enough problems uh, buying Magic the Gathering cards and now Disney Lorcana cards. Like, I don't need to start buying, like, miniature armies. <laughs> but I, I know he's a huge 40K fan. That like, that news was from Dicebreaker, and it was uh, Amazon, and it came. that news is from, like, December 18th. So it's old. Old news. <laughs> But yeah, we've only recorded one episode since then, so that's December eighteenth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. You're right. You know, timing. Um, but the other news that I had to bring to the table, uh, internet is all a buzz because Steamboat Willie, the original yeah. Disney Mickey Mouse cartoon, has now gone into public domain. Uh, people are super excited about it. For me, it means nothing because so much about what people like about that cartoon is just in, like intrinsic to Mickey Mouse. And that's all still like trademarked and copywritten. Mm-hmm. So you can't do anything with it besides the fact that like, oh, this is the character Steamboat Willie, who's already based off of another movie, Steamboat Bill. But they just did it with Mickey Mouse. And use like a public domain song, Turkey in the Straw. So, yeah, I, this this isn't news for me, right? Because 
And like I said to John before, like, what are you going to do with it? Well, isn't that the thing? Aren't you excited to see what they can do with it? Yeah. How because excited he just mentioned was everybody? How they created Mickey Mouse out of two public domain things. <laughs> how excited was everyone for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey? Because that's the only thing people can think to do is like, oh, I got to make a super dark and gritty Steamboat Willie. Yeah, because okay. this is there of murder. When those coming out <clears throat> soon? Yeah, like there was like a game like someone had started working on, and now like the day that it happened, they're like coming soon. This game is like. That's not going to be fun because it just looks like a Five Nights at Freddy's kind of ripoff in a way. But I, I, I don't care. And I, I use Popeye the Sailor Man as kind of my uh, touch point when I mentioned this to John for like what I had for news because everyone's like, oh, Popeye is public domain. Nobody does anything with Popeye besides maybe they put him on a T-shirt holding an American flag or something, and that's it. Paul, yep. what are you going to do? Mm. with Steamboat Willie. I'm going to have him fight Popeye. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> I, I know. They're two sailors. They're both on boats. So, Naval Battle of the Century, That, that would make sense. Um, guys, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I don't want to take a pause, but you want to you come on? Okay. Um, Steamboat Willie is actually here. Uh, he's got some, some things that he just wants to say. It's like, I, I got to come in here and I talk on the mic. Yeah, you just, yeah, just talk about, hey, guys, it's me, uh, the Steamboat Willie. Uh, I'm excited to be off on that boat finally. Uh, we got Pete. Pete's public domain, maybe? I don't know. Uh, hey, you want me to whistle that song? Because that's all I did. No, no, it's fine. You don't, you know. Uh, okay, th- thank you. Uh, yeah, you're, you're good. Yeah, we'll we'll mail you the check. We don't need to. He's public Steamboat, domain. Steamboat Willie. <laughs> he works he, he, charges, he charges appearance fees now. No. Oh. Uh, he belongs some, to all of us now. He's got to uh, make money somehow, means. Paul. When he, when he quote-unquote whistled that song, did he realize it was the beginning of Adam's family? <laughs> Is that a public domain, too? I think that's public domain as well. No, I think Adam's family. Well, when did the comic strips start coming out like was that like the 30s or 40s or something uh 40s or 50s i think okay anyways yeah again i it, mickey mouse is not public domain mickey mouse will probably never be right. public domain like you're you have a mickey mouse costume character that you can't do any of the mickey mouse stuff with so what's what's your move internet have him fight popeye <laughs> it just right there you know what else is right there uh our next beer and chris mine's bad there's definitely something wrong with mine i'm surprised it didn't foam out but it is flat uh it is tart and it is uh yucky so mine has a little bit of tart too but i think that's just what it's supposed to taste like this was mine was bottled on July 11th, 2023. Uh, we didn't even talk about it. Uh, John and I have the same beer, just like Ooh. random happenstance. We are both drinking the Founders Blueberry KBS, uh, part of their bottle barrel aged series, uh, 11.2%. See, mine's still kind of like foamy. Like it's got some bubbles to it. Like they're smaller, like tighter bubbles. And there is like a, a tartness to it, but I think that's just like whatever they use for the Set. blueberry. 
Are you getting like, I don't any think yuckiness? I'm not getting a yuckiness, but the I do have a little bit of yuckiness because it's reminding me of like the Lizard of Kaz mm-hmm. from their Barrel Age series, like when they launched that eight nine years ago, whenever that was. I didn't love that beer then, and I don't like mm-hmm. this now. Whatever they're using for that blueberry taste, I just don't think I like. So maybe it's just the beer, because I mean be. you don't get any that tart sour blueberry it's not a real blueberry it's like a blueberry syrupy flavor yeah uh it's overshadowed any amount of stout any amount of kbs any amount of barrel that could be in this beer Mm, maybe Um, yours is a little bit off because i i do have a little bit of like a like a bourbony woodiness to it but it's more of like a hint on the the back end but then it kind of like rolls into like we we talked about this before, but almost like a teriyaki-ness. And that, that might be like the blueberry flavoring with like a bit of that vanilla, because it is like a, like a, and I don't want to say gross sweetness, but it's that, that teriyaki sweetness. But it's not a teriyaki beer. Like it's, yeah, it's the just, extract or whatever. It just doesn't work. Like, I, it, I granted, I think something's wrong with my bottle, but I don't know. It just doesn't, it, it if, if there isn't anything wrong, it just doesn't work. And the fact that I think something's wrong with it, it means it's there's something wrong. You know, it's not good. I, I trust your judgment. I'll finish it. I don't actively dislike it, but it's not great. I don't think it holds up to the KBS name and some of the other KBS variants that I've had that I've really enjoyed. Like this is, yep. if this was someone's first version of KBS, I'd be like, don't judge the whole line based by off the, of this. By that, yeah. Um, I do have um, another barrel-aged beer that I'll crack open to drink with your next beer, Chris. Yeah. I, I do have some uh, some facts about blueberries for you. Uh, most of the 95% of all United States blueberries are, is, are actually grown in Washington, state of Washington. Mm. But Michigan is known for their blueberries. Because Michigan also produces a bunch of blueberries up in the Upper Peninsula, uh, the low bush. Mm-hmm. Blueberries. Are uh, they also do a lot of cherries up there too. Um, so maybe the Michigan blueberry just tastes a little different. I mean, that mm. is possible. It does say it was brewed with like a dose of Michigan blueberries, but I maybe I just don't like blueberry beers unless it's like a blueberry ale, like from Ellicott, like in like an Ellicottville, yeah. I don't know. Overall, this has like a 3.99 on on taps. Uh, no friends have checked into it yet, so I can't base it off of anybody that I know and love and trust. <laughs> um, but well, yeah, for, I I will check in that I had it, but I won't rate it. Yeah, th- this will be a low score for me. Uh, Paul, have you moved on to your next tea yet? Or yes, you, uh, I'm drinking from a little shop here known as Wegmans. They have a just tea section. And, you know, store brand teas. And I'm drinking their apple cinnamon tea right now. Yeah, that's right. Two fruit teas in one Oh, he's uh, a fruity boy. I'm a fruit tea boy. Uh, This is good. This has got a nice dose of cinnamon, a subtle sweetness of apple, and a uh, a caffeine-free beverage. It's really good. It's really hitting that spot for this kind of, you know, this would probably be better in the fall, you know, in the true apple season, but even right now in the uh, 
dead of winter that we're in. Uh, I'm enjoying it. So I'm going to save a few of these bags for the upcoming fall to enjoy then. But uh, this is really good. I do enjoy this uh, spruced up with a little Applejack. Kate had it spruced up with a little uh I do fireball. like Applejack. Oh, Fireball. I just had like a small bottle of Fireball that I picked up. Um, Yanni's been feeling under the weather for like the past like couple weeks. So we stopped at CVS to get cold medicine for her the one night and like get a, like a decongestant. And the CVS also had like a CVS like spirit store connected to it. Hmm. So after we got like her medicine, I was like, I kind of want to check out and see what they have there because it said they had beer too. So curiosity got the better of me uh so we walked through and they had like like the little plastic bottles of uh yeah the malt beverage version of uh like it was actually like fireball like it was like like you know like the the nine dollar nine dollar bottle oh okay yeah okay like, i, I mean like the, the not the real tiny ones not the no shoes. not the 99 cents yeah yeah uh so I picked one of those up because I'm like, oh, you know what? Fireball would be good. And I did actually add it to one of my teas that I made the other night. <laughs> it was delightful. It's pretty good. And you know what else is pretty good? Comic Some books. gin in my lemon ginger Oh, tea would good. also be pretty good. More than likely. Oh, but comic uh, books, yes. Comic but books. before we get to that, I just want to say uh, someone did check into the KBS Blueberry and their uh, review of it was, had a sample. Noped right out of there. Lol. <laughs> they gave it a 2.5 i put it at 2.75 i don't hate it but there's so many other founders beers that i would drink before and a, a lot more kbs variants so but yes paul the books that we're picking up this week january 10th in the list nice guys i'm looking forward to book action comics 1061 guess what it's the start of a new story uh, arc guys and paul you've been loving action comics like the two non-consecutive <laughs> issues that you've read one of them that we read was good uh this is the start of a new storyline because a new creative team's coming on that's right and jason aaron from our fa- from one of our favorite runs over at uh thor he's now coming over to write superman and he's going to uh, be doing a Bizarro storyline. So I'm excited to see what he has for, uh, for <clears throat> The Man, for of, Steel. For the Man uh, of Steel. I, I do think this is something that I would probably check out. Because, Paul, you and John loved his run on Thor. But for me, Jason Aaron is my Wolverine and the X-Men guy. Mm-hmm. That's oh, yeah. probably one of my favorite X-Men runs that I've always kind of been chasing after again. And I've, I've never had it. But I'm hopeful. Stay tuned for our next episode where we do our look forward to 2024. Um, I don't know. Him doing a Bizarro story could be a lot of fun. I'm kind of excited to think that Jason Aaron might be moving over to doing DC characters. Well, I mean, he's got this. He's on like that Batman off-world book. Yeah. Too. Well, the this is going to be a three-issue run. I'm not sure who's on action comics after that or if he's going i'm going to hit next a couple times on uh yeah but i'm just saying like just thinking about him in that world like what character what other characters would i like to see jason aaron work on like again like thor yeah the movie had come out yeah okay i don't really care about thor jason aaron starts writing him friend uh super friend of the show steve is like you guys should read it 
didn't he give he gave us his yeah his issues we read it and we we're like yeah oh, i think yeah. we all sat around paul's like i was reading those yeah. at like yeah. the kitchen table <laughs> and uh yeah it was just like oh yeah this is great like yeah i'm down for this i continue uh, i continued on paul continued on i kept dipping my toe back in every so often and yeah but yeah to get like i'm excited to see other dc characters getting the jason aaron treatment because he creates good villains. So I'm excited to see, because Thor <clears throat> was a great villain in, in that Thor run. So I'm excited yeah. to see what he does with Bizarro. Even, uh, what is it, Malik? What's the dark elf? Yeah. 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 That character was great. Malachi? Malik? Malekith. 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 Guys, if you don't remember, just go back and listen to our great Marvel movie retrospective <laughs> part six, I think, was Thor of the Dark World. I don't know. It's there, though. But, John, you're looking forward to uh, his take on some DC stuff. So you got to be looking forward to a DC comic, then, I'm guessing. Uh, no, I'm looking forward to a Boom Studios comic. Uh, this is Pine in Merrimack, number one. And um, this book uh, features a retired homicide detective and her husband, who is a former professional um mma fighter um as in their retirement get caught up in a sinister case uh with a missing person that the wife just can't help trying to solve and her husband uh the brawn to her brains um working together to solve it um sounds like it could be a fun story and like I always like to dip my toes into these. I, I feel like uh, the book that I picked for Look Back is kind of a. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was really good. I really liked it. I'm looking forward to more books like that. Stop, stop. <laughs> uh, but I'm hoping that this book uh, like that like is really good and something that I want to keep on uh, reading. Interesting. Chris, uh, what are you picking up? Uh this is oh, kind of a by by uh, Kyle uh, Kyle Stark's uh, art by uh, Fran uh, Galan Galan. Maybe I don't. Yep. I don't, I don't, I don't see know it in front of me. So uh, this is kind of a light week for me. So I just have three of my normal like hey go buy it monthly books coming out. But I am excited to see the reviews on Ultimate Spider Man number one mm-hmm. coming out from Marvel Comics. This is spinning out of the Ultimate Invasion, uh, like one shot that came out a few months ago, uh, written by Jonathan Hickman. I, for, I think it was Brian Hitch did the art for it. That was bringing the Ultimate Universe back. Uh, we do have Ultimate Spider-Man coming out. There's also going to be an Ultimate Black Panther and then an Ultimate X-Men that are releasing over the next couple months. I'm very intrigued by this. Uh, this is being written by Jonathan Hickman, one of Paul's boys, uh, with art by Marco Cicchetto, who I haven't seen a lot of besides like his Daredevil and what? Paul, you made a face. Well, why, why, why do you guys get guys and I get boys? Who are your boys? Who are your boys? Paul, Paul. Wait, 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 you guys get guys. Yeah, we get guys. Paul, we're your boys, though. That's why the podcast is called. No, Big we're his Horn guys Barbecue because boys. he says, hey, guys. Yeah. I say, hey, guys. But Paul made the barbecue boys. Well, no, but you started the boys. Mm. Yeah. 
I, I know. That's why I was that I was I was taken aback by the. No, but continue on your review. We can ponder this. Oh, later. now now we need to get into the the hierarchy of this. No, uh, Jonathan Hickman, one of Paul's guys. Thank you. It feels weird to say it. Uh, uh, one of Paul's boys, uh, art by Marco Cicchetto, <laughs> who I've really enjoyed his stuff on Daredevil, but then I really liked his Obi-Wan and Anakin book that he did over at Marvel eight years ago now, probably, um, doing an updated take on Spider-Man. And this Ultimate Spider-Man is actually an older version of Peter Parker, who is already married to Mary Jane Watson at this point in the story. They have two kids, and he gets bitten by the radioactive spider when, when life's going well for him. So I'm kind of interested in this take on it. Uh, not interested enough that I'm going to be picking it up, but I do want to see how how the reviews of this go, because it's a very interesting twist on what we know about Peter Parker and that Spider-Man mythos. And what we know about that Ultimate Spider-Man mythos, too. Like, I'm glad that Marvel's doing something different with the thing that they did that was something different. Yeah. John was yeah. wrapping his head around that, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Do you think John can wrap his head around this dramatic reading, though? Oh, let's see. And now, a dramatic reading from Duke, number one, page six, panel one. But none of that means Jack now. What happened to you, Conrad? Insubordination. Carelessness. You're barely in uniform. Frankly, I expected this out of your brother, but never you. That was a masterfully done dramatic reading from Duke number one, page six, panel one. Whoa, whoa, clap. No, I, you, you nailed it, I think. Like, we have fun with these, but John brought it on that one. Well, good night, guys. Man, we've had two guest stars on this. We had Colonel Hawk just now. (laughs) We had Steamboat Willie before. Oh, man. Hey, uh, I love my name. Oh, you guys, you guys need me back to talk about some uh, boat shit. Uh, we, you know, we got the poop deck. There's these steam whistles. They go doot, 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 doot. Yeah, you got to be there. Man, he sounds like as if John Dan Dio smoked that, a lot more. He's that up, He's that upset by Steamboat Willie, like just trying to come in and be that like fourth host. And, and also, John said he was going to have like one of his beers with my next one. I have like three more beers to drink. I don't know what he was talking about. I I could go anywhere from here. If I drink any more tea, I'm just gonna keep on going to the bathroom. So oh my I'm gosh. good. I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to. You're gonna have to change your name to uh your last name to Tannin. Yeah. <laughs> drink so much so much Tannin. of those teas. Hey. 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 Jokes. But uh. He's coming, he's coming back with a bottle. Okay. About to put his earbuds back in. Uh, John, are you ready for our next beer? Yeah. W- what are you drinking? Because I don't know what, what to pick out of my, my six-pack here. I am drinking from Allagash. Their Gather Well Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout. Uh, coming in at 11%. And I think something's wrong with my beer fridge, because 
there's something off with this beer too. So I think my beer fridge might have gotten too cold. And that's why I got no and carbonation then, to these. And too warm again? No, because like I pulled this out and I was like, boy, this is really cold. Did the beer fridge see its shadow? I don't know, maybe. Ten more weeks of winter. Yeah, this is this doesn't have a lot of great flavor. Feels very flat. Um, yeah, I think there's something wrong with my beer fridge. I hope the other stuff in my fridge is uh, good, because <laughs> I got some really nice things in there that I hope have not uh, all of a sudden gotten too cold in there, because these definitely feel like they're been ruined, and the fact that two beers I pulled out of there. Uh, so if beer gets too cold, like near the freezing temperature, well, yeah, it's alcohol, so would have to get if the, you get a beer too close to freezing it will affect the beer and what what temperature is close I to say freezing if it gets beer? if it gets too if it gets around around 32 degrees okay. too cold i think definitely will affect the beer like most beer enthusiasts uh and even like when i have i got my cicerone they they say do not pour your beer beer into a a mug from your freezer because it will affect the beer. Now most of the time when you do that you're you're drinking that? shitty beer. You're drinking shitty beer. You're drinking a lager out of there anyway, so it's not like gonna affect it. But um yeah, when it gets too close, like you lose the carbonation. You'll notice like your cans like they. They're not as tight anymore. You can feel mm. kind of a crinkle to them. And then sometimes you can actually see, like, the outline of, like, What's a blue thing? mountain on it, mm. too. Yeah. That's when you know you got a bad one. Too cold. I thought you were going to say the outline of their nipples because they're too cold. Oh, no, because no, I don't remember what brewery is like. Oh, when you put your beer in the, the fridge. Of course. You could, yeah, of course. course. Okay. Of course, like. I, I don't. Of course I cannot tell Coors. you last time I had a course. If I've ever had a course, like, I don't know. But I can tell well, you what I'm drinking right now. When I come down there. Hey, we're going to be popping Coors. No, we're not. We're going to be going to silence. <laughs> uh, like, literally, John said something about it. But literally, like, two days before you come down, they're doing their annual Sideward Sabbath, like, festival, which is, like, their, like, beer release because it ties into Orlando Beer Week. So they're going to have, like, live music, barbecue. It's a great time of year, Paul. I'm, I'm looking forward to going Sideward with you. And uh, maybe if he's good, we can we can get some of those beers, and you can bring them back, and we can all have the same sideward beers I on the show. I might have to check a bag. I'll have to bring a bag and then check a bag on the way back. Mm. Mm. Might oh, be worth it. Of course. They have like three beers coming out. But anyways, uh, what I'm drinking is also from Founders, and this is also part of their Barrel Age series, 11.1% ABV. And this is the Grandfather. And this is an ale aged in bourbon barrels with uh, cherries, cranberry, and orange peel. And very first sip on this, it's like that ocean spray cranberry like cocktail blend. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh no, there's there's more to this. Oh, um, do I do I want more? I I do because as soon as I like I took a sip, I was like, 
oh, let me pour more into my glass. Like, I actually really enjoy this. I think this would be the perfect beer for after you have your Thanksgiving dinner and you build your Thanksgiving tier list. Hey, check out our tier, Tears and Rain episode about Thanksgiving foods. I think this would have been the perfect, like, cap to your, your, your Thanksgiving, your Christmas dinner because it's, like, that right amount of, like, tart cranberry but like a nice sweetness to it like i i only picked up one bottle of this even though they have like a few four packs of it but i think this is a winner uh i i'm really enjoying this and you know it's cranberry so it's gonna clean out my downstairs so hey win-win good i don't have any uh urinary tract problems but if i did Hey, because actual cranberry juice is the devil. It's terrible. Uh, what? So only cranberry cocktail for you? Oh yeah, cranberry cocktail. Yeah. Like when I, I had Ocean Spray cranberry yeah, juice. It's so good. But when like I had an actual like kidney stone years ago, hmm. just like drinking straight cranberry juice, I was like trying to um, cut it just with like seltzer water, mm-hmm. like, just like unflavored non-sweetened seltzer just to like lighten it up and make it palatable and it i was at like a five to one ratio on it because it's just not good but this this is ocean spray baby and i'm here oh it's everyone knows on it like this is hitting just right and it makes up for that uh blueberry kbs would you say it's a masterpiece of beer i I would. I'm about to check into it. Mm. So while I'm checking into it, uh, John, why don't you start us off with our main topic? Because Masterpiece is your book. Yeah. Uh, so Masterpiece. Whoop. Uh, whoop. Let me get to the beginning so I can say that it is. That's a very good place to start. So, yes. Uh, created by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev. Uh and this is the story of a young orphan girl who uh, is pulled out of high school by the FBI uh, and brought in front of a yeah, yeah quote unquote FBI. Uh, but actually, well, the FBI guys are at the. I don't well, know, yeah, they, they do work for Preston. Too, uh, so. But they're for zero Preston, a billionaire. Uh, who lets her know that her parents, before they disappeared, were some of the greatest criminal masterminds uh, and thieves and pulled two um, outstanding jobs against him and cost him millions of dollars and then disappeared. And now he's going to take it out on her. Um and she finds out that the woman that's been looking after her knew about her parents and was one of one of her parents' um, co-heisters. Crew? Part of their, their crew? crew? Yeah, I would say crew, like... Uh, Gang. One of their boys. One of the boys. Could be boys. Uh, and then at the, the boys. at the end of the uh, comic, a cool dude in a fedora with a Kang... Okay, I'm going to say this. He kind of looks like the judge from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I thought he looked like... um, uh, uh, What is it from... um, The Grey Ghost? 
Grey Ghost from Batman animated series. I got you, bud. Uh, he shows up, takes out the surveillance against her, says, come with me if you want to be able to beat Preston. Come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want to live. But he says uh, it a lot creepier, and he's driving away. And then, and then he, he goes, realizes how he's just getting, ah, the, yeah, getting really. the van with the creepy guy. This, he's like, I understood. I said, whatever. And drives away. Um, what I liked this book, I had a lot of fun with it. I'm looking forward to seeing the crimes the the that they pulled against uh, Zero. What he's going to ask her to do, because she's going to be forced to do some type of crimes. Interested in all of it. I really liked it. It had kind of a wanted feel to it but in such a better way. Uh, it's kind of like if they did a sequel to like the new Ocean Eleven uh, movies and it's um, George Clooney and Julia Roberts' kid that they, they had disappeared. Oh my gosh, that baby movie. would be beautiful. But it's like, hey, your parents were these great, your, parent, your father was this great thief. Now you're going to have to do this. And then, Brad Pitt shows up to help coach the kid and how to do it and all that kind of stuff. Like it has that same kind of could be a, could be a fun book. And I really uh, I really liked it. I had a lot of fun with it. And I like swearing in it. Was uh, yeah, there? I didn't catch that. I don't towards know. the end, like all the, the prude. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> towards the end, when it's like that teenage kid, like that fuck these guys like what are yeah, they every other word. Yeah. It was like Caitlin was writing the book. Right. Those young whippersnappers. But I but think it, that was to show her um, being kind of a naive teen. And like, that's how she can like lash out was use use potty words. But also, yeah, she's she's also in yeah middle school. She's 13. Right. 13. Yeah. They, so, it's junior high that she gets pulled out of. And then uh, also. The, the one friend says die in a fire and i'm like that was something people said like 10 years ago yeah like so i'm like oh, oh he's brian brian michael bendis. bendis writing teenage kids from when he re- was still like knew what teenage kids were saying so i feel like they're a little out of place or I, but you know this is taking place 10 years ago maybe or or you're too back. old i'm too old he's too old of a writer and he's trying to be hip the fact that you knew that was something they said 10 years ago i thought it was something they said now because i was like i've never heard that before okay whatever because on uh my kindle app my kindle uh site here i also am looking at speed force number one and i'm like oh yeah that was that was some lingo that they were throwing out there on his kindle app he does have the font set to like 24 points though so he can read like three words at a time uh i also really enjoyed this book and you picked this for your pick for the list a couple weeks ago right i don't remember i think this was i i don't i think this was one of the books i might have been talking about picking Okay. And it was, and when I was looking through of like what I had picked and what was there, this popped up. I clicked on it, and I read it. The description is like, oh, that sounds really good. And then when it said Bendis, I think that day when I was gonna pick it, I was like, eh, Bendis is writing it. But the day <laughs> I picked this for the actual list and put it up for you guys to read with for look back, I was like, eh, Bendis, like 
Yeah, no, we, we've circled back on him because he's gotten away from his like overly verbose big yeah, all of my panels are just word balloons like especially when he's working with someone that he's worked with before like Alex Malev and his artwork is really doing it for me in this book I don't That's know so if it's good. like a different colorist or what but like it's not as cluttered feeling like it's not as like gritty and it's not as dark and it could just be you know again maybe a choice because you have those moments of it when like they're kind of having that flashback when uh preston's telling him like the story like no your your parents stole for me like they got away with millions it kind of dips back into that malevolent like dark gritty daredevilness and then it kind of goes back to a little bit brighter like more like it's not Jamie McKelvey-esque, but, like, the color palette is very clean and clear. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's more there's technical. not a lot of gradient to it. It reminds me a lot of uh, David uh, Aja from um, uh, Hawkeye. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, definitely. I, no, I I really like this. And I can't remember if you picked this for this because when you said Masterpiece, I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. And then when I started looking at the book, I'm like, oh, well, I don't remember this. But then I was like, but it is a John pick. <laughs> so who knows if he's actually going to buy it or if he's actually going to make us read it. Because, you know, we pick books we don't talk about. So, But this was, this was a lot of fun. And I'm very curious to see where it goes out from here. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, I've, I've started with the new Kindle app. They allow you to, like, to add your books to your like almost like a pull list on mm-hmm. Amazon ahead of time. And like, I got, have that. I have uh Chris's book. Uh, I put Cobra commander on there <laughs> um, because I was like, you know what? Uh, see what the Cobra commander side is going to be on this. But yeah. I, I really liked it. I really, I really liked it. Like I am a hundred percent down for issue two of masterpiece. Paul. I, I like I I kind of like my review of uh, Noctera. If it's like, hey, this is going to be a 12 issue, 24 issue series, I think I'd be down for it. Like that'd be great. You know, we get some good flashbacks, some good heists. If it starts wandering, I think I could find myself getting annoyed with it. So you know, I, I but 24 issues, I think there's plenty of room that would give Bendis plenty of room to do some past heist kind of stuff, some mm-hmm. more backstory, but still keep the train going moving forward. All right, 24 issues, you can do, like, flashbacks, past heist, mm-hmm. learn about things, current heist. Yeah. You're, you're back with your family. But her family might not be alive because I, I don't remember any of the characters' names. Uh, but, like, her cousin that she's staying with, who is with her uh, family's crew... It's like, oh no! Like, if your parents are alive, they would they would still be here with you. Yeah. yeah. But that makes me feel like they're they probably are, but they're like just still like in hiding. Um, but you know, you get like current heist, and then like you build into something just to take like Preston yeah. out completely. Like that's their end goal. Like, no, like we know this guy's worth like millions and millions of dollars. Like, we're playing the long game. We're cleaning him out next. Yeah. 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 Paul. Yeah. 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 You had 
a number one, or is it a number one? It's, it's a number one. Like a nebulous it's one. A number one one shot kind of thing. It's a uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch Holiday Special number one, uh, written by uh, Kelly Thompson, and this is a two two uh two turner two pager two two stories in one book. Uh, I really had nothing for December, and this was the one that I'm like, okay, this was fun. This was at least had. I like the first story a little bit more with the yes. girls at the. Absolutely. And it had nothing to do with the holiday. But it's all, it all ties into winter solstice. Yeah. The longest because day of the year. Only because she longest has night. that one line at the end. <laughs> my, my camera went all funky, but. It's a but good I, thing we're an audio podcast. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really like the breadcrumbs. I really liked how she cast the spells where she like would whisper one word like or, you know, like when she took out the breadcrumbs, she goes Hansel and Gretel and they start glowing. So uh, now and now the, she can call it back. The, the talisman she pulled out and she was like tortoise and threw it at the guy to slow him down. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, because it sounded like, oh, our friend was taken. I thought because it's a holiday special, it was going to be Krampus. OK, oh, you know, like. Why wouldn't Sabrina have that, mon- you know, why wouldn't, why Krampus wouldn't she be in that, Krampus? Yeah. be in that world? Uh, but then when it was just like a vampire, giant vampire Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked it. I liked the art in it. Yeah. I really enjoyed that story. I no, cannot I, say the same about the next story. I, I, I want to talk about this first story, too, because this made me realize, like, okay, this might be a holiday one shot but i don't read any of like the archie or sabrina stuff that paul doesn't mm-hmm. say like hey we're gonna read this archie horror thing so this very much seems like it's kind of picking up in the middle of something else because she's got friends like that she goes to witch school with and i don't know any of them and one of them's been kidnapped mm-hmm. but everything about this story just it's bright it's fun it's kind of creepy, but it's not scary. Like this is exactly what I want, like a Sabrina comic book to be. Like this was, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Like I, if there was more in this, because this is a one shot. It's only two stories, and I didn't know that when I picked uh, picked up. And it's like, okay, it's an anthology book. If there had been like a couple more in here, I would have felt better about it. But since it was only two, and I really only enjoyed one of them, I was kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. like I, I felt like missed opportunity more than like boo. I was like, you, you could have done some like really fun stuff with this because we get a Sabrina story, and then the next one is about her aunts in the past. And her dad was there. Okay, but and he meets his it, mom at Paul. I distinctly remember on the cover it says Sabrina the Teenage Witch Holiday Special. Yeah, they gotta you gotta meet the parents of Sabrina the Teenage Witch Holiday Special. It's all about family. I see. I don't need. I don't need to because I'm I'm cool with Hilda and Zelda. Like yeah. that's all I need. Well, guess what? That's mostly what you got in that second yeah. story. But I also do need some Sabrina with it too. I guess right. Let me yeah, amend is, my previous statement. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering how you guys would feel about this book, like, after I read it. I'm like, I kept on, like, as I was reading the first story, I kept on going back to the front cover being like, is this Archie horror or just Archie comic? 
because this felt like it could it was skirting that line and i'm like no okay it's just archie comic the second story is like yep this is what i would expect from an archie comic sabrina the teenage witch holiday special well the longest night which was the first one was kelly thompson and mm-hmm. veronica fish veronica fish on art and then the second story a very spellman solstice is by danielle page and art by uh veronica johnson uh we yeah we didn't talk about the art i love the art in the first one like <laughs> oh it's great it it reminds me kind of like like uh franco Villa. yeah it fits. I also, I know. I think the Daredevil colors are and, more like that, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I know the, from Daredevil and Archie horror stuff. So the colors, the art, the story all fit Sabrina, and I would continue yeah. reading a series with those Kelly Thompson and Veronica Fish doing this book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like 100. I was like, yeah, I loved it. Just all the little magic stuff too. Like Paul said, like the coin doing that, the stones, like all of that magic worked for me. And I was like, yeah, that's really cool. And then it it works, too, because every page or panel she's in, like Sabrina is the brightest thing that you're seeing on that page. And I just think that speaks to that or that or this version of the character. And I, I, I love the first half of this book so much uh yeah uh, and then the second the second story no offense to the artist but i i hate the art style i hate the look of all the people all the people look slightly different and everything too and very flat faces the colorist is good uh yeah. and the overall story i i just i did not like any i did not like any of it and it like really bummed me out because I love like I love the first story. And but that's why I'm like if there had been like more stories to it, I could have like looked at paths this one because Yeah I love the first one so much. And it felt like the second story was two times longer than what the first story was. I think the first one moved quickly because they're you know, she's in a cave, she's moving. There's a lot of just action, not a lot of dialogue where the second story becomes very dialogue heavy. It's because they have so many characters. That are it's only eight pages long. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it felt long because, like, I started zoning out as I was reading it. I I, I kind of just started, like, uh, swiping it, panels. It's, like, it, this doesn't seem like it matters. Okay, I don't it's, care. It's kind of about the curse on the Spellman family when it comes to love. So it. Yeah, it's kind of like oh, that you... off of uh, one of the best movies, Practical Magic. It's oh. never seen it, but again, one of Paul's favorite movies. But it's kind of like Christmas revenge story in a way because there's like angry grandma ghost that comes in. She's just gonna reunite her like... family in hell. <laughs> Paul, you 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 take point now. It's yeah, it's a very throwback. It's trying to look like the colorist. They got a gradient on uh, all the art to make it look like it's from a, you know, old newsprint style book. It is very, very talky. It it drags. 
it drags for an eight page story like and two pages in like i zoned out and was like oh i'm just looking at panels i'm not paying attention to what happened let me go back a page and try to catch up and i'm like i didn't miss anything and like when you said grandma i was like grandma and then i looked back at the book and i was like oh yeah and it it was kind of harkening back a little bit to uh it's a the great pumpkin charlie brown because it's this you know uh hilda wants still wants to stay out at the cemetery hoping to see you know some uh, her some of her family come back you know i did not know where you're going with it and then like i was like oh yeah linus with the great pumpkin okay i'm uh, there now (laughs) and where everybody else is moving on like hey guess what it was a nice tradition we're moving past it we're going to start you know living our lives we're not going to do the solstice thing anymore. Uh, did you guys notice that the first story started off with a uh, Christmas movie quote as well from Die Hard? I didn't. It's come out, come to music school, they said. It'll be fun, they said. It'll be fun, they said. Okay. You're right. And Damn, I was like, look, from there, I was like looking for other uh, Christmas movie like things and I didn't, didn't catch any. I don't know if you guys did. No, I, I didn't. I thought you were going to be like, all right, guys, let me take you through. And be like, hey, here's one. Anybody else see anything? Yeah. Ooh. I, I found one. There was one more than you guys did. And I found it one was. in the second one. But yeah, I, I agree with you, too. The second one wasn't great. The first one I thought was well worth the read. That is 12 issues, 12 pages long. So... You know, we got. I love that it was four pages longer than the other one, and the other one felt like it was double the length of the first one. I think there's more panels. You know, if you're not going, if you're going panel count versus page count, the second one is longer. Um, yeah, no, I mean, if you if the next time I looked at Sabrina, it was Kelly Thompson and Veronica Fish on art, I would be there in a heartbeat. They're like, yeah, okay. Issue one, I'm there. Let's go. Um, no, I, I I really liked the first. I really liked the first part. Like it was so good. Yeah, give me give me that Sabrina in anything and everything, and I'm there. Like Kelly Thompson, well done. I would give you a John dramatic reading clap, but I already used my one for the year, so sorry. <laughs> wow, can't do it, it early. I know, but it was. I think that was a great reading, John. Thank you. And you know what else I think is great? Unless Paul has anything else to say about Sabrina? No, no, I'm good. Uh, Southern Tier Brewing's Mocha. They're 10% ABV Imperial Stout. I have not had this in probably a decade. I was so excited when I saw this because I was like, oh, I I recognize that name. Like, it's a Southern Tier beer. I I would have been excited to see it anyways part of their blackwater series um it's just such a deep dark rich chocolate flavor this this is amazing like i want to have this with like vanilla ice cream or with like a, a raspberry cheesecake like this is so good but guys i don't have desserts i'm just drinking this as it is and that's fine because wow uh, they also had creme brulee. 
didn't pick that up because I was already buying like a bunch of beers tonight. Well, that's but that's one of your favorite beers. It is. I'll go back and get it. Yeah. <laughs> like they'll have it. I don't think anybody else is going to be picking that up. Um, but wow, Mocha. Uh, when I have this kind of flavor profile of chocolate, I'm always taken back to the time when I would go to the kitchen cupboard and my mom would have like the like tin can of the Hershey's yeah. baking chocolate. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, it's the closest thing we got. And I would just like take the teaspoon out and like eat it. And I'm like, oh, it's bitter, but it's chocolate. Like this has a little bit more sweetness to it, but it's still just such like a deep chocolate flavor. Like, wow. So, Chris, the last time you checked into this was three minutes ago. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought that was going to come through. So I'm like, oh, wow, it's been that long. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, I can't the, clap for you again. The last time I, I checked into this beer was 2014. And uh, Caitlin checked into this 2015. Obviously, she was with me. Uh, and her review was, I can't. I just can't describe how happy this beer makes me now john remember when we were when it was in bottles we were aging creme brulee because yeah. a year out a year creme, on it and you guys were wrong it's so I, good all the time no and i still have some always. creme brulee that's like years and years old in that uh, fridge it's yeah i know it's ruins <laughs> it's ruins now oh in this economy boys uh, I know, John, you just said it just came out. If you can get this, grab it. I think, again, creme brulee defender here. I'll drink it anytime, always. But for Mocha, I think, like, get this, drink it, enjoy it. Like, it's such a deep, dark, rich chocolate flavor. Like, if you close your eyes and think, like, what does chocolate taste like? This is that kind of, like, ratatouille, like, boom, black void chocolate filling your mind like this is fantastic love it you know it's good chocolate tony's chocolate oh yeah yeah, great yeah. big bars those yeah, are good chocolatier where yeah. he's doing the uh he tries to do fair trade and fair wages yeah not slave labor yeah oh so you don't taste the tears it's not like you a salty yeah flavor. you know yeah. it's actually I, I, i'm sorry i don't know what you guys are talking about i haven't seen that yet oh it looks like a Wonka bar when you see it. It does. It's huge. Okay. It's real thick. And then it's like crazy designs to break it so you can break it and have like a big piece and a small piece and stuff. Really good chocolate. I had some. It, it's something that you won't eat all in. Like it's a $5 chocolate bar or six or $7. Uh, like you're not going to eat it all in one sitting. Like there's no yeah. way. Paul, I have spent like $11 on a chocolate frog because it's like, oh, this has a a card in it that I probably don't yep. have already. But also you're not eating that whole chocolate frog all in one sitting I, either. I, Paul, I, I do. Really? Those things aren't hollow, man. Those things you got to no, crush with solid. a hammer. Yes. I have to take like a knife and like, like yeah. throw my weight down on it. Hey, we do what we got to do for love. Yeah. And guys, I think I loved our next book as someone that's not a GI Joe fan. Duke number one coming out from image Skybound comics written by Joshua Williams and art by Tom Riley. Uh, this is the tale. Nowhere of, does it say it's GI Joe, right? There's nothing. It's not. And it's this not, is not a GI Joe. It's, it's not. This pre, is the lead up to. 
Yeah, uh-huh. it's pre-G.I. Joe, and it's pre-Cobra. Because yeah. you see Destro, Cobra Commander is going to have his own book, which also is going to be leading up to the building of Cobra, G.I. Joe, all of that. Yeah, it's the Mars Company, which is like a front for whatever Cobra's going to be doing. Um, I'm not a big G.I. Joe fan. I never was, just because I had so many other things I latched onto when I was a kid. G.I. Joe was kind of on the periphery of all that. Um, I think the only G.I. Joe I ever had was, like, Shipwreck, which is, like, weird. Like, someone got him for me for, like, Christmas or a birth or something. I don't even remember, but like, just remember, dude, rubber band in his belly, white hat, and like denim vest. Like it had to be shipwreck. Yeah. Uh, but did he did he come with a parrot? Yes. Hey, yep. That shipwreck. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for confirming that. But this is Duke number one, uh, Image Comics, part of their Skybound Entertainment, uh, which is Robert Kirkman. AKA father of Walking Dead, Invincible, Battle Pope, one of John's perennial favorites. <laughs> like a super long time ago. Uh, but this is the story of uh, Conrad Hauser, the good soldier, spinning out of Transformers number two, uh, where he basically sees Starscream kill his like best friend, uh, and then kind of dealing with the aftermath of that. So this is pre-G.I. Joe. And again, like John said, leading up to what will probably become G.I. Joe because he's the good soldier who's going to be on the run because he knows too much. Saw some shit, He saw some shit, but this is G.I. Joe done with that kind of air of like a Marvel winter soldier. Like, it's much more espionage than like laser shooting back and forth. And I, I really dug this a lot. Would you say that Duke seems some shit is, this is the other half of the battle of the laser shooting. This is knowing. Yeah. This is knows that's out there, but this is him not knowing. Yeah. But he needs to know. This is him fighting that first half of that battle. Are you, are you just going to keep playing that joke till one of yeah, us? Kind of yeah, it, it, it seems like he will. So, John, I, go ahead. I, I, I need to twist it enough until it works. Uh, Once no. I get it. So, with with um, with Hawk and everything there, I was like, I wasn't sure where this was landing in the G the GI Joe world uh, when I first started reading it. But then you kind of realize, okay, this is all pre GI Joe. Uh, and then especially when you hit the Mars thing, because that is the um, Destro's family family business. He's in charge of that. Destro's Destro in the in the in in the G.I. Joe world. Destro is a businessman, arms dealer, what have you, teams up with Cobra Commander. And he's one of the big people who f- fund Cobra and create their vehicles and all of that looking for a payday uh and even like the guy who fights duke at the mars thing mercer um if you remember the gi joe movie uh chris that we've watched together mercer is actually a ex cobra 
who's joined the Sergeant Slaughter and the Renegades. Okay. And they're so building the Hiss tanks there? It looks like it, yeah. Yeah. Because so much of this is like Duke trying to get to the the ground level of what he saw. And like he's basically been told like, no, whatever he saw didn't happen. No big robots, no aliens. It didn't so happen. He starts going to like the conspiracy theorists like, no, like I saw something like. Has anybody else experienced this? And like that teams him up with a like alternative energy scientist. And you have you have a couple crazy people like oh an alien abducted this oh crazy they came and did this oh they did this oh I saw a giant truck turn into a robot. (laughs) You're like okay that guy's on the level. He's right. He's he's (laughs) right. Stood up. Like it's I I I don't want to get ahead, but it's. Duke trying to be like, no, I've seen things. I know things. Nobody else is confirming with me. Like, I need to go to the Fringe to see what's happening. Oh, my gosh. You guys remember that show Fringe? I never watched it. I know it started one of the kids from Dawson's Creek. It did. It was fine. I liked it. Uh, I watched four episodes of it. But just him kind of, like, pulling on those threads, like, trying to learn more. But being the dutiful soldier, like, he's... The guy that, like, he does what he does because he's good at it and, like, he feels like he needs to. Like, that's why he hasn't progressed through, like, taking on a leadership role. Uh, This is such a good world building that you want to see where he's going to go. You want to see what he's going to learn. Uh, And then there's, like, a moment when he's, like, infiltrating the Mars, the corporation base. Where, like, it focuses on, like, that silver statue, and it's, like, zooming in on that, and are like, oh, fuck, they're going to go to Destro. And then it does, and you're like, oh, thank you, comic book. Not a G.I. Joe fan, but this made me be like, yeah, maybe this is what I've been missing from any G.I. Joe stuff that I've absorbed, like, going to see the movies, like, any of the G.I. Joe stuff that we've read. Like, this, this is great. Yeah, and the uh, Australian Australian guy that took all the stuff, I think that's Firefly. Oh. Is, he, is he a? I think he's Australian. A, a guy that works for Cobra. Astro? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, but guys, your 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 thoughts, John, as the GI Joe. I loved it. Okay. I thought it was great. I love the look of the book as well. I thought the art fit it. Um, I love that kind of pre-GI Joe, pre-Transformer, because those were the those were the two biggies coming out of the 80s that really had a huge impact. And like Thundercats, they've done some books here. He-Man, they've yeah. they've really There's tried another to one coming revitalize out. that. Um, but like G.I. Joe is always kind of had comic books new number one at this studio or new somebody's always picked it up and continued to keep it going same thing with transformers you know it it, it's constantly been like yeah let's keep it going keep it going keep it going teenage mutant turtles is the other only one that's really stayed in like the zeitgeist um ninja turtles transformers and then like gi joe more towards the bottom but 
my son got a GI Joe for for Christmas from like mm. one of his my my I think my mother. Um, but the only reason he wanted it, it's like uh, and crocodile. The only reason he wanted it. Uh, Paul, your thoughts? No, I thought this was very good. I I think you nailed it, Chris, when you said this is uh, GI Joe at the way of uh, Captain America at the Winter Soldier, where it's going to be more the guy on the run trying to find the evidence, find proof uh, to kind of clear his own mind. It's not even tr- like he's trying to click. Well, at the end, he's going to be trying to clear his name because he's being framed for that murder. But at the beginning, it's just like, hey, I got to figure out the actual truth here. I got to I got to know something. Got to know what happened out there. So, yeah, it, uh, good read. Not crazy over the top. The violence where where the guy gets smushed happens you know in a reflection it happens in a reflection and i like that the like the caption for it, like the splat is reflected uh-huh. in the the visor on the uh duke's mm-hmm. like helmet uh i kind of wish i knew more about duke and you know the other character like rock and roll that's coming up in stalker i think if oh, i was yeah, so- oh that was the thing i was gonna ask so the last page is the tease for Hawk sending people to go get Duke. So, John, as the Bangboard resident G.I. Joe expert, are these, like, cool G.I. Joe? Like, are these people, they're like, yeah. oh, soccer and rock and roll, like, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're both cool. Um, Yeah, Stalker uh, always was kind of cool. He was, like, the sad to say like the token black character before roadblock um but yeah he was a cool he was a cool character um rock and roll also like Your big guns explosions roll. rock and roll uh um <laughs> and i'm trying to figure out who the woman on the helicopter was um well i didn't like click onto that so. uh, i think that might be the baroness uh Oh, God. I need to flip back through. Um, well, it could be, because the Baroness was a master of disguise as well, wasn't she? Yeah. Silence as we all, like, I have a physical copy of this book. Like, this is the only book that I actually own a copy of. Like, everything else I bought digitally, so. And then the the next part, that's, that's is that a sneak preview for the that's going to be uh, that's the cobra commander book or is yeah, that that's the cobra commander number one book okay um so john my next question while you're thinking about who the woman in the hel- uh, helicopter was were either of those other characters focused on on one of the gi joe psa's that we talked about last episode with your ringtone no I don't so think they so. Don't matter. They um, don't. They don't matter. And my, I really enjoyed this book, and one of the things that really sold it for me, and this is kind of dumb and sentimental to say, is like after reading the book and getting to that last page where it's like it's not a letters page because they don't have letters yet, but it's from Joshua Williamson where he's talking about like his history. With the G.I. Joe, it's like, oh, I used to watch this with my dad. He would record the episodes. Me and my best friend, we would, like, collaborate with which toys we were going to get so we could have, like, a full collection with no duplicates. I had a very similar thing 
with the uh, Transformers from Daniel Warren Johnson, where he's like, no, as soon as like I got into Transformers, I just wanted to draw Transformers, and that's why I am so excited to be on this book. This has someone that's excited to be on this book, and I think that's what we need in comics is people that are like, oh, you're going to give me a chance to write the G.I. Joe, the Transformers, the Duke, the Cobra Commander story I've always wanted to write. And I think that's why I'm really enjoying the Energon universe is because everybody is so jazzed to be playing a part in this universe that they're like, hell yeah, like, I'm going to give it my all. And I'm excited to do power rankings with you guys because I liked all these books. Some parts more than <laughs> others, Paul. But, uh... It's just like, like, oh, we oh. see. It was a oh. net positive. Net positive yeah. on that one. It happens from time to time where we like the books. <laughs> Paul, your power ranking, sir. Ooh, I'm going to go... And this is unlike a lot of times and I, where it's like a one... If I could put space in between two, and then if I could put even more space three, these are all neck and neck. Like oh wow, okay. Uh, so I'm gonna go with uh, Duke as my number one, Masterpiece is my number two, and then Sabrina the Teenage Witch Holiday Special my number three. If I got more of that first story, and it was all that first story, it, that would probably be my number one. And, you know, the, <clears throat> if I had, yeah, so, yeah, that, they're, and these are all neck and neck. These are all, like, you could ask me tomorrow, and my power ranking might have changed, you know, as I spend more time with these books. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to agree 100% with Paul. Um, <laughs> Write it down. The, the one thing is, like, if that whole if the whole book of Sabrina was that first story, mm-hmm. it would probably be master masterpiece in Sabrina fighting it out. But I like, if you take Sabrina as a whole Duke and masterpiece, like it's yeah. a tight one and two. It really, really is. And if you could put, if you put the, the fact that half, half that, Sabrina book uh, just I didn't like just puts that it just puts it right there as as number three if if the book was all that first story or another story like that first story mm-hmm. it still would be like my number three but it would be a lot a lot closer and I'm really not judging that book on that second story that first story yeah. just was really that good it reminded me of the the world of magic that she created in those few pages reminded me of the world of magic from like zombie, uh, which is a story that I, I really uh, love. Wait, when you say zombie, you mean the X, the Fraser Irving one that yes. I did not like because the art you didn't like it because of the art, but I loved the story and I went back and got all the milestones and read all of those. I love that magic world that, uh, because it was clever that. magic. Yeah. I can't think of I can't think of the writer's name. Ugh, it's gonna drive me crazy. Um, but yeah, I also love that Chris left to go to the bathroom when it's his turn to do. Yeah, 
But he also like pounded four ten percent beers. I, I know when to stop drinking my tea, just because I didn't want to spill it. Oh, he's back. Oh. Sorry. Power ranking, Chris. <laughs> like four beers. Um. Oh gosh, I'm I I probably will need to cut all this out because John, do we do we really want to agree with Paul in our power rankings? Yeah, because this is like one of the few times that he's right. Okay. Oh gosh. Uh, new year, new Paul. Um, yeah, my number one Duke. Like, it was one of the things I'm looking forward to for 2024 with the Energon universe. This book's sealing it. Like, hell yeah, give me more of this because it's clicking, it's working. You got people that are doing what they want to do. It's not a job for them. Like, this is like something that they grew up with, and it's selling it. Masterpiece. We wrote Bendis off years ago because it's like, oh, too wordy. He's like writing for the trade. No, Masterpiece number one is, dare I say, a masterpiece. Like it it brought me in. Like it really grabbed me. Like I want to know more about this story and these characters. Like it works so well. And then Sabrina. Yeah, give me a Kelly, uh, Kelly Thompson veronica fish i don't yep who is yeah give me that sabrina book and i would probably be buying it month to month week to week whenever you're putting it out like that was great like the second story detracted like if there had been some stronger side stories in it that might have been my number two because i do like that sabrina like creepy archie universe but that first one sells it like I think that's worth the price of buying that book, which was like discounted buying it on Kindle is like two ninety nine versus three ninety nine. I had three dollars of enjoyment from that story. There is a trade paperback of Kelly Thompson with Veronica Fish on art, uh, from uh, with Sabrina the Teenage Witch. We've oh. only been reading like the one shots or like horror stuff. Okay, maybe that's worth checking out. Well, it could be your next trade in policy. Probably should be. Okay, we haven't talked about this on the show. Paul has, like, a run of episodes coming up because he gets to pick, like, Creighton policy. He gets to pick uh, freemium content. We're, we're He's not going to – Chris, we say this every show. He's not going to do it. He, he doesn't have He's going to pick Snake, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it runs on my, uh, my phone that I have for work. So, you know, mm-hmm. Paul's going to pick – for Paul's people to gonna, like sign their invoice, I can uh, I can play a couple games of Snake. Paul's mm-hmm. gonna pick uh, Marvel Snap because it's the only game he plays yeah. on his phone. <laughs> Be like, guys, let's talk about Snap. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I, can we get back to talking about Snap? Hi. That's all staying in. That's all great content. Okay, that's fine. In that case, I'll say boobs, boobs, titty, titty, fuck, fuck. <laughs> I mean, Paul. Paul already said that though, so. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Oh, that's definitely staying in. We'll just have to cut it for redundancy, but you know. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Bye. I Paul starts every episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.